Welcome to our podcast, An Invitation to Grace. Grace is defined as elegance or beauty of form, manner, motion, or action. It is a pleasing or attractive quality. Grace means favor or goodwill. And it is also a manifestation of favor, especially by a superior. We are invited with each breath to a life of grace in our dear Lord. Let's bring our heart, our mind, and our bodies to be able to fully experience the joy that comes from accepting the invitation to grace. Hello, dear brothers and sisters, my dear friends, dear listeners. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in and for accepting the invitation to grace today. Uh, Figuratively speaking, thank you so much for listening. And I hope and I pray that you benefit and that you get even something so small from this podcast. Um, I pray that God's grace works in all of our lives. And um, I pray that this be a productive... Uh, productive, yes, but also a fruitful episode for your life, even if it's the smallest seed that's planted. Um, I pray that um, God waters that seed and brings fruit to your life. So how are you guys today? Today is July 3rd in my case. Um, I'm recording on a Friday, TGIF. It's a beautiful, hot day, and um, just very thankful. Um, We thank God for the good and the bad. Um, Today, it's been a good day. Thank God. And I attribute that to not only his goodwill and and his kindness towards me, but also... um, that he gave me a mind to be a bit more proactive in how I would like to spend my day. I'm a huge fan of scheduling my day. For me, um, I understand that there are so many ways to go about um, living out your day, but for me, I, I just I really need to have just a plan, just something. I need to know what's coming. You know, just to have some kind of plan of what I'm doing during the day. And of course, things happen and we have to be open to that and be a bit more fluid and accepting and opening our hearts to the change and kind of enjoying the ride. But uh, for me, um, just to have a little something, something there. So I use my Google Calendar. I have so many different categories for it. For example, I have one where I tend to this podcast. I have another one where... Um, it's all about me and my husband. I call it a beloved time. I have time investing in Carrie, um, errands, um, home care. It's amazing. If you're interested, I can uh, teach you. Just let me know, and I would be more than happy to show you how to use Google Calendar. And it's really cool. Actually, ever since my husband and I were dating... <laughs> We've we've had a Google ca- a shared account, so we could see uh, when we're busy, when we're um, available, and it, it's just it's so lovely. It's so good. Highly recommended. Let let me know if you're interested. Um, 
Yeah. So thank you for allowing me to uh, <laughs> to share with you. I'm very, very happy with this product. So. Today, I invite all of us to open our minds and our hearts with a repentant and grateful spirit to hear today's words, and I pray that something touches you and something reaches you today. I hope in today's episode to highlight some simple graces that we have in our lives and in acknowledging those simple graces and really embracing them, we can use them to help us reach the kingdom of heaven. And what I mean by using a repentant and grateful spirit, as we will see, uh, there are two parts. The first part is repentant. Repentance comes from the Greek word metanoia. Uh, meta means, uh, the root of it is to change. It means um, change. Noia comes from mind. So really when we repent, we are changing our mind. And therefore when we change our mind, we start to change our actions as well. And it's... It's very fascinating and something that I'm learning uh, from Dr. Leaf and as well from my studies previously and just life experiences. The more that we change our mind, we allow our, we start to change our thoughts and challenge our thoughts and subject our thoughts to Christ, the more our actions are going to start to change as well. So as we repent, as we start to change our mind, if you will, letting go of guilt, because guilt is, it's, it's going to do us so much more harm than good. Um, and actually, if we hold on to guilt in a certain way, it's, it's as if we are denying the power of the cross. So letting go of the guilt after, we're, after we've confessed our sins Coming with a changed mind, ready to act as we learn more. And the more thankful we are, the more that we're going to see how much God has given us, no matter how little we have. And I think that is going to be key, especially now when it, we are in the times of COVID-19 People are hurting, people are financially, emotionally drained, and we might have a bit less than, than we would before COVID-19. But we will see actually how much God actually has given us. So let's go, let's begin. And we're going to begin with a uh, passage and there are so many, there are multiple passages that I could have used to express this point. This is just one that um, was from our beloved father, St. Paul. This is from Philippians 3 from about verse 
verses 9 to 9 to 16. Indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore let us, as many as are mature, have this mind, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. So here we see that St. Paul's goal is to reach heaven and it's to be resurrected with Christ. That's his ultimate goal, as should be our goal, right? I'm not sure if you've seen the analogy, but you can look it up. I'm sure it's on YouTube or it's easy to be found on Google. But there is an analogy where this man, he shows us a rope. And at the end of the rope, there's a little part of it. Just the very, very end of it is red. And he says, this represents our life. And we get so consumed with everything that is here. This red, this little part of this rope. And then he tugs on the rope. And there's so much of it. It was very well done, this illustration. Attached to this tiny red part was the rest of the rope, <laughs> which was infinitely longer than that small highlighted section. And the point of this analogy that was made is we, so many of us, we just worry about that little part and we don't worry about the rest of it. <laughs> when really we're going to be spending the most time in the rest of it. So St. Paul had the right idea 
His goal is to reach heaven. However, he says in verse 12, not that I've already attained or am already perfected. And that brings us to point one. We are not perfect. (laughs) Matthew Henry comments on this verse and this point he illustrates so eloquently in saying that the best men in the world will readily own their imperfection in the present state. We have not yet attained, are not already perfect, and there is still much wanting in all our duties and graces and comforts. So, in other words, he's saying the best men own their imperfection. But these are people that are so highly regarded. I think that's our first point. We are not perfect. And the more that we can own that, not give up on ourselves, actually, quite the contrary, and seeing the beauty and the elegance in our own imperfection and seeing how God is calling us to be made like him. The more that we can embrace that, the more free we're going to feel and the more grace we're going to be able to accept. So the first thing that we can change our mind on is we're not perfect. We're never going to be perfect, but we're just here to be a little bit more like him every single day. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. And that brings us understanding that we're not perfect, but we keep going anyways. We keep trying and we keep learning why that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me which brings us to point two he loved us first So I hope that you're remembering now the repentant and grateful spirit and I hope that this attitude starts to come to fruition in your life and it it really is a huge sigh of relief to know we're not perfect, we're not going to be perfect but we can still keep trying. Why? Because he loved us first. Matthew Henry continues to comment on a few different points to show us first where our grace comes from. Where does this gift 
where does this manifestation of favor come from? It comes from our being laid hold of God, Jesus Christ, grabbing us and holding on to us. It is not us holding on to Christ first, but the opposite. He laid hold of us. And that in itself, as Matthew Henry eloquently says, is our happiness and our salvation. As it says in the first book of John, we love him because he first loved us. Not our keeping hold of Christ, but his keeping hold of us is our safety. So no matter how many mistakes we've made in our life, how many times we've strayed, when we come to that repentance, that change of mind, that metanoia, and realizing he's holding on to us, and no matter what we've done, he wants us at the end of the day to experience what's on the other side of that rope, to be with him. And from there, and knowing that he loved us first, gives us so much peace. And think about it. So many times I've experienced that the people that I love most dearly are those that have really taken an effort to love me first. You know, also, I, I know that we have to make an effort, but in, in showing you this point, can you think of somebody that you might not have been very close to, but because they just kept showing you so much love, and so much care and concern for your well-being that in knowing their pure intentions, you came to love them too? Yeah. So that's what Christ does for us. And Matthew Henry continues to say what the happiness of heaven is. What is that joy that St. Paul's goal is and is our goal too? It's to... It's to apprehend that for which we are apprehended of Christ. So lay hold on, or lay hold of, another uh, translation says to be apprehended of, which a definition that I found for apprehend, and it, it goes back to the Latin root, is to seize or to grasp. When Christ seized us, it was to bring us to heaven. And that brings us to point three. Love unearned and gifts unearned. How many gifts of grace Gifts, essentially, they're grace. We didn't earn them. 
um, how many gifts has Christ granted us to help us go to heaven, to propel us, to equip us? What tools has he given us to experience heaven on earth and help us to move forward in our journey towards him? And are we showing grateful hearts to all of these gifts? Do we even think about these gifts? Or are we filling our minds with other things? Are we tempting ourselves to fill our minds and our hearts with things that aren't edifying us? Philippians 4, next chapter, he says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of respect, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if something is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Where's your noya at? <laughs> <laughs> Where's your mind at? I was reading today another verse. You know it. If the eye is filled with darkness, the whole body is filled with darkness. And how great is that darkness? But when we fill our eyes with light, with good things, when we contemplate good things, our brain is transformed and our actions are transformed. So let's think about some things that are lovely, excellent, and praiseworthy. And those are the gifts that Christ has given us. And these are some examples. And I would love to invite you to just be more aware. Just be aware of the things that you have to be grateful for. I get it. There are moments where we are like, yeah. Grateful for what? I am so fed up. But just try. Just try. Just try and soften your hearts. And it's going to be the most important for us to do it in the most difficult of times. Yes, vent. Get it out. Whatever is bothering you, you have to get it out. But also, there's a fight that's within us, right? A fight which St. Paul struggled with the most. So the first gift are the five would be the five senses that our Lord has given us to live each day and to fully experience him. For example, our sight to see and experience his glory. For example, I live in a very rural um, upcoming area. So for me, what do I see when I look out the window? I see buildings which were created from the intelligence that he gave man to construct with wisdom. Um, nature and the lush green leaves and the flowers and the mountains, um, the clouds, wherever you are, just to be able to see with your own eyes how nature works perfectly together. Eyes to be able to look upon your loved ones another day with love, purity, and gratitude 
for who they were made to be. Our ears, to be able to hear birds chirping in the morning, the streams of the river, soothing music, or even Spanish music every now and then. That would be for me, like jazz or, or beautiful, deep, soulful Spanish, uh, Spanish music. Rain falling or thunder piercing in the sky. To hear the sound of your loved one's first breath in the morning. So you know that they're alive and they got to live another day and you get to experience life with them. To show gratitude for they are alive for another day. And you are too. Our sense of smell. To enjoy the fresh aroma of coffee or soap <laughs> or your favorite perfume or the distinct smell when you go off into nature. There's so much more, right? Our sense of touch. When, like when a loved one hugs you or gently puts their hand on you as they listen to you tell a story or reassures you when you cry. Our sense of taste. How much diversity of whole foods do we have? Just to take a bite out of chocolate as a minimal example and really savor it and to think of its creator and the farmers who generously tended to it and the traveling it may have taken to get to you and even the money you earned with the hands that God gave you to be able to purchase it. Or not, if you're not working at this time. However it got to your hands, we thank God. This is a gift. Even being able to wake up and breathe without putting effort into it. It's another gift. And everything that I just mentioned, by the way, the majority of what I mentioned, these are free pleasures. Also, what else did our creator give us to help us attain heaven and to experience him and to praise him? A body to exercise, a mind to learn, both of which strengthen us and in turn strengthen others. Um... I don't think synergistic is a word, but the more, the stronger that we allow ourselves to become, it empowers others. And there's synergy there, just we, we're all connected. Also, the creation of your body and your mind. Oh yeah, God created you. You know the verse. He knew us before we were in the womb, even. And he created our body, our mind. There was no mistake in how God made us. The curvature of our lips, our smile, our little ears or our big ears, our stretch marks, either after giving birth or after losing weight. They tell a story of strength and grace, okay? Even what we would see as defects are all for the glory of God. My 
goodness. For example, my foot. Um, I was born with club foot. And you can't really notice it unless you, you look at it. But I, I was, for the longest time, I saw it as a disgrace instead of a gift. Say, why, why did God do that to me? Why did, he, why did he give it to me? Why do these people look at me like this? Um, when, when I was growing up and even as a teenager in high school, why are they looking at me like this? I'm fine. <laughs> like, I'm okay. My foot is literally, my defect is literally my biggest gift. I don't know who I would be without it or if I would be able to see through to other people's pain if I didn't have this pain because it is quite painful at times. I don't know if I would have the same sense of compassion or care towards others without it or the same patience as I learn the best practices for self-care. For example, when I'm exercising or even finding shoes. The point is, God took glory in creating you. God, going back to that verse, God laid hold of you so that you could lay hold of him. Also, the beauty of your mind, right? By the way, did you see the beauty when I changed my mind and saw that little shift and how I grew up thinking about my foot and then I had that repentance, that change of mind and how even my, my foot can be used for his kingdom and for his glory. What elegance, what beauty, what loveliness even in such a thing. And that brings us to the beauty of your mind. Everything that you have learned, everything that you know, everything that you will learn is all for God's glory and use. Absolutely empower yourself. The thoughts, the lovely thoughts that you feed it will come to fruition through changing your brain which will also change your actions. And there's something as well, there's just so many things, like CBT, for example, um, and Dr. Leaf, that we're currently reading the book, The Neuroplasticity, if you will. But it's beautiful. And perhaps the most important gift of all is God's forgiveness. When you turn to him in honest, wholehearted repentance, repent. As we've mentioned, repentance literally means to change your mind. You let go of the guilt as you confess, but you also change your ways. Indeed, the favor and grace of God is even found when we have made a mistake in some way. And I've heard this so many times. God is able to turn your mess into a message. But don't just 
we have to sit down and we have to think about it and we really have to process our mess and make sense of it and find that message. How are we going to better the world with this message? So literally, when you understand the grace God has given you freely, it allows you to thank him for your present, your now, your imperfect now, while pressing onto the future. And that brings us to point four. Stretching ourselves forward. As St. Paul says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, to have laid hold of, or to have seized, or to have grasped it, or to have fully understood it. Um, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. As Matthew Henry says, Paul forgot the things which were behind so that he wouldn't be content with the present. He was still wanting to do more and more for Christ. And I, that's the fruit of the Holy Spirit as well. You, you are content with what you have now, but you want to do more. What else can you do for God? How else can you love him? He had a feeling there was more that he could do for Christ. And the last couple of verses that he mentions, therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. So keep pressing forward, and we are a body of Christ. So in being like-minded, yes, the best Christians could differ in how they feel about certain things, but the one thing that they all have in common is ultimately to win Christ. And if it's not, if the ultimate goal isn't to win Christ within, within anyone, the Holy Spirit is working. It is working and it's up to all of us to allow him to do the work inside of us. 
whatever things, wherever the differences are, wait until God gives you a better understanding of those differences, and he will in his own time. However, in the meantime, keep stretching, keep going. As far as you have attained, you must go together, stretch yourselves in the ways of God, join together in all the great things in which you are agreed, and wait for further light in the minor things wherein you differ. God will help us. But wherever the differences are, if you allow the Holy Spirit to work and you get through whatever feeling of discomfort there is or with an open heart, an open mind, and gratitude, we will grow. So, again, the first point is that we're not perfect. And we won't be. We can't be. The second point, he loved us first. The third, he gave us, he showered us with love and gifts that we did not earn. And the fourth, stretch yourself forward. And in stretching yourself forward, everyone around you will be propelled at their pace forward to the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. and grateful spirit I hope that I've helped to highlight some simple graces that you have in your life and I hope that you take the time to reflect on those graces that you have and in acknowledging those graces really reflecting on them I hope and pray that you can use them to help you reach the kingdom of heaven I pray that we can all understand his grace towards us and that the more that we understand these gifts, the more that we are energized and renewed to act upon bringing his love to others, literally bringing heaven to earth as a good steward and as a good member of the body of Christ, right? (laughs) So with that, I invite you to gracefully see the beauty of a sound mind, its thoughts, and its resulting choices. I invite you to educate yourself more and more. I invite you to see how your mind plays a role within the body of this earth and how good it feels to help the body when you, a key body part in this body of Christ, functions according to the will of God. If you enjoyed today's invitation of grace, I invite you to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, 
and to invite a friend to come and be nourished on their walk with Christ. Until next time.